Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 2, Episode 16, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we continue our walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah. Uh, last week, we covered the parable of the wheat and the weeds, but we skipped a couple in the middle there. Right. In between, because Matthew, in his infinite wisdom, decided to give us the parable Tell us two different more parables and then come back and tell us, well, there's where the first one meant. Right. <laughs> so this week, I think we're going to jump back and pick up those two parables. Exactly. So what chapter and verses are we covering? So week? still in chapter 13, okay. where we were last week, but now we'll back up and hit the missing verses 31 through 35. Now that's only uh, five verses, but there are two complete parables within those five verses. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And there's no explanation, so we get to make up our own answers. Yes, we do. <laughs> Nobody can tell us we're wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, what translation are you reading from this evening? Okay, so for something different tonight, I'm working from the New American Standard Bible, NASB, which actually isn't that new. It's 60 to 70 right. years <laughs> old. Um, but uh, I use it occasionally. It's interesting because it tries to be a little more technically accurate uh, but in a different way than NRSV tries to be technically accurate. So um, I like it because it's not quite as readable as NIV or NLT. Uh, it's a little more goes for correct word translation, but it has different words. And so it's I, I find it interesting. Okay. He presented another parable to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a person took and sowed in his field. And this is smaller than all the other seeds, but when it is fully grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the sky come and nest in its branches. He spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three sata of flour until it was all leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, and he did not speak anything to them without a parable. This was so that what was spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. I will open my mouth in parables. I will proclaim things hidden since the foundation of the world. Amen. Yeah, that's variably different than I was reading out of the NLT as I usually do, just because it's an easy one to grab. Yeah. Um, I can still follow along, but yeah, it's different, diff very different word choices. Yeah. It is interesting the yeah. words they chose. Um, so let's, I guess let's start off with the parable of the mustard seed. What do we, what, what do we know about that? I know there's a little bit of criticism of that one, but um, what's the general idea of this parable? Let me back up for just a sec. Okay. Um, these two parables are very different from the others that we've done. Um, there are three things that are a little different. One we just hit on. There's no explanation. Mm. Uh, when we did the uh, uh, the parable of the soils, well, which was called the the Former parable scattering of, the seed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Jesus then collects the disciples later that night and says, oh, "Okay, here's what it means." Uh, last week we did uh, the uh, the wheat and the weeds. Yeah, the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds. And again, Jesus, after their 
alone at the end of the day, pulls the uh, the apostles in and it says, here's exactly what this one means. I'll give you every player. Tonight, this these two are different because Jesus never, if he explained it, Matthew didn't bother to write it down. You and I have a great deal more freedom in trying to decide what does the parable mean? What is Jesus telling us? Uh, and, and because of that, there's obviously uh, in the academic world over the last 2,000 years, there's a lot of disagreement about exactly what these mean as, as people put their own twist on it. Um, the second thing that's different about both of these parables is they're both meant to be encouraging. Uh, if you remember, Jesus had trouble with his family, and so uh, one of the parables was about, look, people are going to have to choose. They either accept me as the Messiah or they don't, and you're part of my family if you accept me. You're not part of my family if you reject me. That's that's pretty devastating. Uh, last week's had a lot to do with, why doesn't God just get rid of the bad people and just leave good people like us. And Jesus says, nope, better for you if we leave the bad people into the bitter end. And then there's going to be this reaping uh, of souls and the gnashing of teeth <laughs> as people are. And that's all really depressing and, and, and uh, disappointing. Tonight's parables, both of them, are intentionally meant to be very uplifting and very encouraging. So that's, that's kind of a nice thing. Interesting. Uh, and these other ones, these ones are different because up to this point, Jesus has talked over and over about planting. Uh, and so we interpret that as either planting um, salvation in individuals or planting the seeds that are going to grow up into be the church or you know, planting ministry. But tonight is about growth. It's the first time he talks about growth. And I think it's because maybe the apostles were a little concerned about what if after you're gone, this whole thing crashes and burns? Right. Are we going to get blamed? Um, and Jesus is reassuring them, it'll be okay. You're going to get this done. It will work. So three little different things about the two very short parables that we have tonight. They're very short. Okay. So the parable of the mustard seed, um, and my notes have, uh, it's one of the shorter parables Jesus used. Yeah. Two verses. Yeah. Uh, but it does appear in all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the What's the term for it? The, the synoptic gospels. Yeah. Woo! Big words again, Ken. <laughs> Three books that kind of tell the same stories. <laughs> John's different. Um, That's what the other apostles said. Yeah, John's a little different. He's just a kid. <laughs> he wasn't a kid when he wrote it, but he was a kid when they were walking around. Um, and so he's talking, Jesus is talking about, oddly enough, a seed, right? He picks a mustard seed, which is a very small seed, but now there's some controversy that, you know, Jesus says it's the smallest seed, but in reality, it's not the smallest seed no. in the world. No, You know, and so people have used that as kind of, well, the Bible's all full of junk. They didn't even know the science, you know. I'm not sure it was even the smallest seed uh, in Israel or even there in Galilee. Probably not. But I, it is a little seed. It's a small seed, for it's sure. It's about the size of a bee, maybe, maybe not quite as big as a BB. And it's still pretty small. Right. It's a small it's a small seed. Doesn't have to be, you know, the most in insignificant microscopic seed. Right. And I don't think that's the point Jesus was trying to make. No, we're not trying to get hung up on botany here. <laughs> botany bay. Um, so what happens with this seed? You know, you plant the seed, and the amazing thing about this tiny little seed is it grows into a very large plant. Sometimes up to like nine feet tall. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, from a scale standpoint, from that tiny thing to that huge thing. Is quite an amazing feat. Yeah. And so the point here, I think, is that from a very small start, a.k.a. Jesus' ministry is 
12 apostles and, and the followers with him, from that small seed of Christianity, look at the worldwide movement that Christianity became. Right. And so I think that's the whole point is that, guys, it's okay. We're starting small, but you got to start somewhere, even if it's as small as, you know, a little tiny seed that we're planting here. But unbeknownst to you, you know, 2,000 years later, Christianity is everywhere. Yeah. Right? It's all over the world. Some people might even think it's a weed, right? <laughs> but uh, I think that's the kind of the point Jesus is getting across. I like this one because it would have been really relevant to everybody there. Um not a lot of spices growing in Israel, and spices were really expensive to purchase. Yeah, they were kind of like a trade source, right? Yeah. Spices from India exactly. and all over the world. They all were... come from the east, India and China, and and were way too expensive for the average man or woman to buy. So you ate your food just the way it was. You didn't do anything to spice it up, hmm. except mustard. Mustard grows great all around the Sea of Galilee. So everybody would have been familiar with planting a mustard seed in their garden and trying to to harvest mustard so that, you know, at least you could eat a hot dog because right. <laughs> you, you have mustard so we can make this work. So you, it, you could at least have, what's the sandwich I'm thinking of? Like a Reuben. A Reuben. Yeah, yeah, a Reuben. <laughs> so it's an example. I like that he uses this one because everybody standing there knew exactly what he meant. He, he didn't have to go into any detail for, for them on this one. They, they knew what he was talking about. This one gets kind of of interesting, though, um, and this is something that was new to me. I was like you. I just I just saw this as Jesus is saying, from a small start come comes a big finish. And um, as I was doing my research, the others wanted to talk about, well, what do you think the tree is? What do you think the birds are? And I admit that had kind of gone over my head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. In th- most of the Old Testament, trees typically represent God's authority and uh, God's purposes being worked out in the world. Only typically it's portrayed as a mighty oak. God, right, a God's, big, huge tree, right? Yeah, God's a mighty oak or God is a mighty cedar from Lebanon. Um, technically, mustard is a bush. Right. Uh, but it's the biggest of the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I hadn't really con- – Worried about the the bush, but uh, I, it could represent yeah God's plan out in the world. The other thing that that caught caught my attention during research, and I know you found this too, is what are the birds? Yeah, what are the birds? I never. I mean, I've read this one multiple times. I never worried about the birds. Yeah, right? <laughs> and one of the sources I went through said birds represent uh, the oppressed people that only God loves and takes care of: the poor, the sick, the weak, the uh, politically powerless. All right. What did you find when you came up with it? I, I found that the, the birds represent um, various people groups, right? Not just the Jewish people. Yeah. It's the Gentiles as well, um, which Jesus alludes to. And then, you know, effectively, that's how it works out. But, yeah. So the birds were kind of, wait a minute, we're the birds. And now we, if you think about it, everybody's going to come land in this tree of the kingdom of God yeah. that was planted by this little seed. The, uh, the overriding question, though, is Jesus starts this with the kingdom of heaven is like. Mm-hmm. So the goal of this is, is not just to talk about uh, the church, but to talk about the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven begins when Jesus arrives as a tiny baby 
it won't be fulfilled until Jesus returns at second advent. Uh, until then, you and I are living in the unrealized kingdom, the incomplete kingdom. So I think if we take if we t- if we look at this parable and go, the parables run its course. Christianity is now a worldwide thing, so the parable's complete. No, it's he's talking about the kingdom, and the kingdom won't be complete until Jesus comes back. So there's there's still growth, whether we're talking personal growth or or national worldwide growth. growth yeah. yeah, there's still growth uh, for God's plan, God's purposes to take effect. And I, and so one of the the messages I took out of this is. Um, we still need to be doing missionary work. We still need to be doing evangelism. We still need to be preaching the Bible on Sundays because there's still growth that God expects to take place because Jesus hasn't come back yet. Right. Interesting thought. I hadn't I, I hadn't thought of that, so that's deep, man. <laughs> deep thought is about to speak. Any other thoughts on that one? No, that, that okay. works me through there. Let's Then let's go ahead and talk about the parable of the yeast. Now, in your translation, the NASB, yeah. it had leaven. Right. Which, and in my version, I was looking at the NLT, it had yeast. Kind of the same thing, not exactly the same thing, right? Okay. Leaven is old fermented dough, kind of like a starter dough. Yeah. You might think yeah. of. But it has yeast in there and some other things, but you use that to start another loaf. Right. right? So, because you have to have yeast to make bread rise. Right. And so, the idea here, again, you put just a little bit of this substance, whether, you know, purely yeast or Leaven, and as you mix it through, as you put more and more Christians into the <laughs> into the bowl, <laughs> they spread everywhere again like a weed. No, wrong, wrong parable. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting behind or I'm, ahead. I'm or ahead. Something. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> Same idea though. From a small beginning, yeah. right? It grows and becomes something wonderful. In this case, a loaf of bread. Yeah, but. I think, again, that's the idea. Um, an interesting thought that I, I came across was that yeast makes dough rise from within. And in the same way, God's first change, God first changes the heart of a person, and that internal change has external manifestations. Kind of an interesting thought there. Yeah. I had uh, a couple different things that I came out uh, uh, with at this on this one. Um, there are some who, who some theologians, some academics, uh, who want to see this one as a bad parable. Hmm. Uh, this one is not encouraging and uplifting. This one's actually very negative. Um, and, and their reasoning on that is in the Old Testament, yeast is always listed as a bad thing. On the night of the Passover, uh, God tells Moses, you know, uh, bake your bread, but don't put any yeast in it. You don't have time for it to rise. Just eat unleavened, un- unyeasted bread. Uh, and from that point on, that kind of separates the Jews from many other people in the world. Our bread is flat, flat. looks like pancakes, <laughs> and everybody else's looks like a, a loaf of bread. Um, and we're good, and by definition, they're not. So bread with yeast is bad bread. And so in a lot people of People of the yeast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, most of your examples of of yeast in the Old Testament, and Paul does the same thing throughout the New Testament. The Apostle Paul uses yeast as a bad example. Yeast is an example of evil. Evil permeates and spreads mm. among good people. If you're not careful, a little bit of evil will wipe out your whole family, just like a little bit of yeast will wipe out 
all of the dough. So there's a large group who believes that this is a bad parable that uh, God is talking, or that that Jesus is talking about bad coming to the church. This is actually a parable about persecution, and it's going to start small, and, and it's going to get greater and greater until we're killing Christians with lions and bears and, and right. burning them at the stake and crucifying them along the Roman road. And, uh, and I don't think that's right. I, if you look at it in context, Jesus is using yeast, in this case, in a positive way. So you can go overly into the history and the nuances and come out with a totally perverted uh, meaning for the for the parable so um that was my first thing was just that that i think this is a positive parable i think this right. is a uh, a sister parable to the mustard seed and it's also meant to be encouraging to us um the other interesting thing and one of the reasons i chose nasby was he lists in in jesus actually tells us how much yeast the bread it, it, how much bread the yeast is put into it's put into three sadas uh so there you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which Bob's turns out. The guard falls in, Bob's your uncle, we escape. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which turns out is about 60 pounds of dough. Wow, because my NLT says it's three measures. <laughs> right. So I'm thinking cup, right? Yeah. Three cups of yeah. three cups of flour and yeah. one packet of yeast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, she's she's baking and it's a woman, we know. Right. And women baked only for their families. Uh, if you were a baker. By trade, you were male. Uh, so since this is a woman, we know it's only for her family. But she's baking 60 pounds of bread, which serves well over 100 people. Uh, and so my other thought is, the one of the reasons I think this is a positive parable then is because she's got a great big, huge family, a huge family. Yeah, and so people, I think yeah. Jesus is trying to encourage the apostles, you know, n- not only will, um, not only will the church spread and become worldwide in the mustard seed, but the family of believers, the people that you're close to, your family will grow and spread and become fantastically huge, huger than you could could even imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I, as you were saying that, I thought, well, or you could read it as one person could make enough to feed 100 people, right? So yeah. one, the act of one person could, you know, influence, if not convert, yeah. influence up to, let's say, 100 people. And that may well be, you know, that may well be what Jesus was saying. There's, because he didn't give us the answer on this one. We're both right. We'll go talk to Matthew. Hey, would you want to have Jesus explain that one for us, buddy? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the key, Mike. The the ideas I came up with. I, I think it's a good one. I think it's a positive one it's for the same be. reasons. Yeah. Um, now Matthew, in all his all his <laughs> all his wisdom, <clears throat> um, quotes scripture. Right. He pulls oh, out a song. Man, on and this I one. dread it every time he does because yeah. it's, it's always hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he references Psalm 78. Yep. 78, verse 2, he quotes. And it says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will proclaim things hidden since the foundation of the world. Okay. And if I grab the right one in the NLT, uh, in L- NLT, it says, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. So, sounds like Jesus, right? He's, yeah. He's speaking in parables. Yeah. And he's telling the things that we didn't necessarily know before. Unfortunately, Psalm 78, well, Matthew calls the psalmist in this case a prophet. A prophet. These are the words of the prophet. 
But uh, Psalm 78 wasn't written by a prophet. No, if you take a look at at your Psalm 78 in any Bible you've got, it's going to tell you it's a psalm of Asaph. And Asaph, uh, we know quite a bit about him. He's he's from a whole family of musicians and becomes a psalm-writing musician. Uh, We find him throughout the Old Testament. Uh, And this is a song. Psalm 78 is a song. It's not written as a prophecy, and he never proclaimed himself a prophet. This is this is a song to sing uh, for the people. Um, it's a good choice for Matthew to use this one. He just he just shouldn't call him a prophet. Right. It's a long uh, uh, chapter. Chapter seventy eight of Psalms is like seventy two, seventy three verses. It's it's really long, and if you read it, uh, it's kind of a downer. It's um, God brought ten plagues on uh, Egypt. And still, as soon as we left Egypt, we all wanted to turn around and go back and not trust God. And God parted the Red Sea and led us through to safety, and he killed all of the Egyptians. And we still cursed God with our lips, and we badmouthed him to his face. And God, and he goes through throughout that his entire Psalm 78 going, God did this, and we didn't respect him, and we didn't appreciate it. And so then God did this, and we laughed at God, and we mocked God. And he has 72 verses, and you go, what? What is the point, Asaph? Why write this? And why would Matthew quote this then? Uh, and the guys that I worked my way through said, here's the deal. What Asaph shows you is that it's not dependent on you. God does good because God is good. He doesn't do good because we've earned it or we deserve it. In fact, even when what we've deserved is for God to turn his back on us and and not love us anymore, God still loves us and God still keeps his promise. So if Jesus says the kingdom of God is coming and it's going to be good, we can count on that even if you and I totally mess up our part. <laughs> Good thing, man. <laughs> There's hope for us yet, huh? Yeah. Uh, that's it. I mean, bless Matthew, but <laughs> it, it's a, if he hadn't quoted the guy as a prophet, I think it would have been a, probably a good pull. But Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Anything else from you? Nope. Next week, we're going to have another uh, two parables that we'll do together, uh, and they are also about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is is giving us one after another after another of what the kingdom of heaven is like uh, to hopefully encourage us to do our part to help bring about the kingdom of heaven. We can't complete it. Jesus is the only one that can do that when he comes back. But you and I have a role. In in the meantime, we need to be a mustard bush and we need to be uh, yeast because we have a role in, in growing the kingdom and in making it a good place for people to be. Very good. Have you given a sermon title yet? Calling this one, Thy Kingdom Come. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org. At the top is a menu, Ministries. Bring that down and go look, grab the title, Sermons. Uh, look for the sermon, Thy Kingdom Come, and this will have been delivered on March 20th, 2022. And with that, I think we'll close the episode. From the Sound Studios of Ponder UMC, this is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God, and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. 
This has been Pondering the Bible. Read.